When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday night, so you know what that means. It's AEW Dynamite, and then after the fact, here on Wrestling Inc., it is the post-Dynamite show. I am Justin LaVar, alongside former WWE referee for more than 20 years. He is my man, my friend to the north, Mr. Jimmy Cordero. Sir, good evening to you. Good evening to you, JL. Good to be with you here. And It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means? Absolutely. I, yeah. I love, love it when J&J get together. We're going to mm-hmm. do it again here tonight. Thanks to everybody for... Uh, Joining us here live, of course, we're live uh, uh, 10.15 on the East. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, thank you for staying up or mm-hmm. thank you for starting your evening, depending on what time zone. Uh, live here across the different platforms, Wrestling Inc.'s uh, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Periscope, Facebook, Twitch, or if you're doing the audio only after the fact, that's fine too. Uh, make sure you tweet at us, at Justin Bar at Jimmy Corderas. Let us know, how are you consuming this episode? Where are you, what are you doing? Where are you doing it at? What mm-hmm. what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? What did Jimmy say that made you mad? What did Justin say that made you mad? <laughs> Give it at all. I, I love knowing, hey, I'm working out in the yeah. gym. Hey, I'm ignoring the boss. Hey, I'm commuting to work. <laughs> Whatever the case would be, I love hearing what it is, uh, where it is you're taking us uh, along the way as we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot to talk about AEW Dynamite tonight from yeah. Philadelphia. Before we do that, mm-hmm. uh, again, hello to everybody in the chat, kind of having the watch along that they did. Uh, we'll get those chat comments going, especially Super Chats. You get front of the line. Uh, let's also talk about a little bit of news that Wrestling Inc. has got going on. Uh, all these headlines, you can read about them and more on Wrestling Inc. But to pull out a few of note, first, over in the Impact world, mm-hmm. it's been announced that the inspiration, the ladies Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, formerly the Iconics, 
in yep. WWE. And they've announced to me, they announced earlier today that they are indefinitely stepping away from in-ring action. Um, so they, they've been an impact now for, you know, a couple months, uh, but mm-hmm. they're going to step away. Don't know what the future holds, uh, but I'm, I enjoyed these two. I enjoyed them as the iconics. I know this might be blasphemous, especially if I say this to a fellow Canadian. I kind of thought, especially even in the Iconics days, they gave me little Edge and Christian vibes from the, the way they could play off of each other, the goofiness. And I'm talking about the Edge and Christian, like the playing the kazoo type, type days. Right. There was a certain entertainment factor that I thought in chemistry, I thought these two ladies had. They may have not been the best in the ring, but they were very entertaining. And that's, you know, that, that oftentimes trumps uh, how many technical moves can you do. So I'll be curious to see what, what, where they go next in the entertainment world. Yeah, I'm curious to see too, and and that's an actually an, an interesting comparison that I didn't think of. But if you think about it, like you mentioned, you mentioned Edge and Christian. These are two young ladies that were friends for a very long time before getting into the actual wrestling business. So that chemistry was kind of there, and when they both got into wrestling, it kind of they, they gelled. It just worked for them. And like you said, so many years as the Iconics before becoming the inspiration in in Impact Wrestling. It's it's weird because. You know, in this industry, as someone who had been there for so long, once it's in your blood, it's there. It, it's 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 hard to get out. And maybe sometimes you get there's a little bit of burnout. Uh, it, it's been a tough couple of years now, especially with the pandemic that's been going on. So the 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 travel schedule for the uh, the talent has not been what it used to be. So I don't know. Maybe they just want to take a break and try a little something else. But at the end of the day, like I said, once it's in your blood, it's there for life. Absolutely. I mean, and they were victims of the pandemic from the from the extent that they were part of the mass uh, layoffs that did happen during the pandemic from WWE. Um, I don't think this is the last time we see him in the ring. Uh, and you're right. They, they, you know, they, they were friends. That's, that's part of, you know, the, the comparison kind of draws there. they were friends. So it makes it that makes it that much easier. And I just think that there's not a lot of there's just not a lot of female <laughs> tag teams in general that I thought were, you know, just clicked as well as they did. So. You know, maybe they step back, take some time, uh, some R and R. But quite honestly, you, you know, it, you know, the WWE door is never locked ever right. completely. No. Uh, AEW is continuing to try to grow uh, their their women's division. So I, I think if these two want to continue doing business together, uh, I think that there's opportunity waiting for them. It just might be as 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 you always know in this in the wrestling business, it's all about timing with opportunities, yes. and this just might not be the right time. So exactly, and and down the road, as as one of them happens to be married to a current AEW superstar, so you never know. They may sh- show up there. There, the 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 sky's the limit for them. I think, like you said, the door I think is probably open for them to go back to WWE if that is their choice. You know, if they reach out, whatever the case may be, maybe at this time they just need a break from the wrestling industry. It does happen. Yeah, it doesn't mean it goes away from. from it it doesn't mean you 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 know develop a dislike for it. Like I said, it just, uh, sometimes you just need that break. Yeah. Like, but I, I'll, I'll I agree, yeah, but I'll bet to it that we have not seen the last from the ring of nothing else mm-hmm. every year. Now that the, uh, women's Royal rumble, they're always looking for just who can, who's the women from the past. So we could just have in as surprises. So mm-hmm. I, even just at that, I think if they just keep their phones on, uh, yeah. they'll probably <laughs> keep some communication with the old employer. Oh yeah. Uh, and maybe that Royal rumble will be in a stadium. Cause that just seems like that's where, the WWE world is headed. Here's our other news story we want to drop in here. WWE reportedly planning to run more stadium shows in 2023 and beyond. This report coming from Matt Men's Andrew Zarian. Uh, and he notes that this is something, uh, it's a goal, more stadium shows to be the norm. And it's something that is coming, or at least heavily influenced, 
by President and Chief uh, Revenue Officer CRO Nick Khan uh, to do more premium live events on that larger scale. Uh, I think this year they're doing eight in 2022, uh, all things uh, told. So, you know, for them to up it from that uh, is, is quite the uh, I mean, it's quite the task. I mean, yeah, it's eight eight this year. So Rumble was held in the mm-hmm. Dome in St. Louis. We had the Elimination Chamber held in, uh, in the Jeddah Superdome in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mania Night 1 and Night 2 at AT&T Stadium. Money in the Bank coming up here in early July is going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. SummerSlam is end of July at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. My Titans, yep. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot your Titans fans. Yeah. The WWE, uh, the UK show, scheduled mm-hmm. September 3rd in Cardiff, Wales. And right. then a return to Saudi Arabia to believe, is probably going to be the TLC pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime between September and early November. So, I mean, <clears throat> Jimmy, are you in favor of this? Because obviously, that, that that that's potential for huge business yes. for, the, for the for the live gate and the revenue that that that, that can be drawn from this. But you know, the more we start to make all these shows stadium shows, does that take away? Are you do you run the risk of taking away the wow factor? Do you do you start to muddy? Does, is WrestleMania no longer mm-hmm. as special because all these events and all these sets look as big as Mania? Uh, or, or, or am I overreacting? No, uh, you do have a point there. It's like that's again, I hate to say it this way, but it's that six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, it from a business standpoint, it makes sense, especially if you can draw that crowd. And I think they're banking on the fact that it has been a soft couple of years where you know where they haven't had live events, and to have some premium live events, as they call them now, because they're not pay per views anymore, right? They're called premium Correct. live events. Because uh, you're, you're not paying per show to view it. So Yeah, but the other thing about having it in a stadium, depending on the stadium itself, is the way you can scale uh, the actual presentation. Like, it, it could be a 50,000-seat stadium or a 70,000-seat stadium, but you can scale it back to 25,000, so it does look full. Yeah. The only problem is there's going to be those that go online and go to certain websites to find out what the actual attendance was, and they're going to say, well, look, they were in a 70,000 seat stadium. They only drew 25,000. Yeah, but 25,000 is better than having a show in a 12,000 seat stadium. And it, again, it de- financially, it depends on what they're paying rent as well. Sure. Is the rent that much more for them to rent out that building? So from a financial standpoint, they could be benefiting a lot more from having these stadium shows. But then again, like you said, also, does it take the specialness away from having a show inside a stadium, which, you know, Let's let's face it. When you say when you say, oh yeah, I'm I'm picking Nissan Stadium because you know I'm a Titans guy. Do you go, oh, yeah? But they just had so and so premium live event in a stadium. How many are they going to have? But again, like from a business standpoint, it makes sense. From a presentation standpoint, and from a perception standpoint, it may, you know, I don't want to say it'll turn people off, but it may may make people skeptical about the specialness of it being in a stadium. Yeah. I think there's a lot of nuts and bolts to break down. A lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I think one is uh, to your point about what's the rent cost. Um, I would need to, you know, we'd have to have somebody on who is more of a financial expert with this, with this stuff. But I do think with some, with a lot of these stadiums are talking about, a lot of these stadiums are, <clears throat> they're stadiums by, by the definition They you know, they host football, <clears throat> but they're, st- but because of the nature of what they host, they're not, they're not being used every week right. around the year. And obviously all of these stadiums took a hit during the pandemic, lack of concerts and live events and, and attendance, you know, for football and such. So uh, I wonder if that's affecting some of these states and what they're charging, if they're maybe they're making a little bit um, more financially friendly to come use their place in which, in which in that case, you're right. You don't even need to fill the damn place. If even depending on how the sets scaled, as you said, yeah. uh, you could still turn a profit. I, I think, you know, it, then the next question becomes, okay, it's financially viable. So we're going to, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a reason to do it. Well, then it becomes, 
can you keep the people coming? Yes. You know, as we're seeing, you know, as Triple H seems to be done, um, you know, as you as, as all these major acts seem to be winding down, you know, maybe Austin mm-hmm. has another one. He said, you know, maybe the Rock, you know, but as the major acts, like they are building new stars. There's a lot of them on Monday Night Raw. Like, you know, it, it, do you have enough to, to draw to fill eight stadiums or, or more, you know, and, and then at that I extend it to, OK. We're seeing a huge reaction in ticket sales already for the show in uh, Cardiff, Wales. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to start doing more stadium shows, I think that should include leaving the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do do, a, do some stadium shows in Canada. Go yeah. over to the U.K. Go to Asia. I, I think that might because those you don't even need to necessarily provide as big of a card as what you might need in the U.S. where the fans are spoiled and where they get to have mm-hmm. you in their town a couple times a year. You know, for in this case of, of Cardiff, Wales, this is the first pay-per-view yeah in 20 years there so absolutely yeah no you're right uh, it, uh, taking it outside of the united states if you're going to take it to a stadium show like you said uh, obviously the the saudi arabia shows every year uh, that they do uh, sh- certainly fit that bill and um you know like who knows we we did an outdoor uh tennis stadium a couple of times down in south africa which i remember which was actually kind of cool except for the one night it rained we did two nights in the same venue and it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, especially the, the, the night it rained when Taker did a run in and, and hit the, uh, the blue mats that are outside the ring and Ooh, not good. But anyway, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Um, uh, but no, you're right. I, coming to Canada, they could, they can do the sky dome. Mm-hmm. And if it's a if summertime where it's a nice day, I, I remember doing outdoor shows at exhibition stadium or wherever it may be. You know, hit the big places like in Montreal, the Big O in Montreal, or the, you know, Vancouver. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. Again, like you said, because these buildings aren't being used as often, maybe the rent is a little more friendly for someone like a WWE to come in and run shows. Well, I mean, yeah, and especially if they make it more than just about the event that's going on for those three or four hours. You know, right. If they're, work, if they're working more fan fests and if they're if they're working more things and to make it, to make it an event and they're they're pumping more money into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> more travel, so yep. a lot of factors. But I mean, it's exciting, especially you know any which way you cut. Well, you know, it's exciting, especially as we've come out of you know over a year's worth of of, of you know no no fans of right. uh, for time. So exciting. We'll see how it uh, it all shakes out. So yeah, they're going to be trying to <clears throat> fill some of those NFL stadiums, just as those NFL teams do. And cue mm-hmm. the NFL draft sound with the first pick in the NFL draft. Ball Sackenville has decided to pick Manscape. To stock up their D. That's right. Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming, have sponsored to make uh, have sponsored us to make sure that you don't get booed out of the bedroom like Roger Goodell does every year when he gets up to that podium. Support us and head to manscaped.com and use the exclusive code WINC20 at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Everyone's asking, you know, why do these combine athletes they ran the 40 yard dash so fast this year? What, what's going on? Well, a big reason is that lawnmower 4.0. That's right. The elite <laughs> electric trimmer now serves over four million men worldwide. That's a lot of aerodynamic pants potatoes going on there. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe t- skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. After trimming, your package will look as big as what the Seahawks got in return for Russell Wilson. Rumor is Kenny Pickett got trimmed up with Manscaped and is skyrocketing the draft boards. Small hands, no more. I want you to look in the mirror. Do you see any nose hairs dangling? Can't have that. Fellas, the ladies out there, they don't think that the long nose and ear hair is real attractive. So that's why we had the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. It is your friend. It is your solution. 
Why not use the best tools for the job? Performance package also comes with the anti-chafing performance boxer briefs, travel bag, crop preserver, uh, ball deodorant, uh, spray-on toner. They have it all. Plus, they also got into the business now. They got the body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Literally everything you need inside the medicine cabinet, inside the shower. It's all there for all of your needs uh, in the bathroom. Go to manscaped.com. Like I said, you can get 20% off right there from the order, plus the free mm-hmm. shipping all by punching in the code WINC20. So uh, I'm just telling you right now, Manscaped, uh, you know, Kalen Barnes, he shaved, shaved off uh, time on his 40 after using Manscaped. It gets you light, gets you aerodynamic, gets you feeling confident, gets you looking good. Manscaped. Yeah, and the Toronto Raptors have been using Manscaped since losing game three, and now they've come back, and they're in the running for being the first ever NBA team to come back from a 3 nothing deficit. We'll Wild. see what happens to we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Crazy times up there for your Raptors. Oh, I know. I know. You know, the, the first three games, I was beginning to think that Shaq was like a, a genius because he, he predicted that Philly would sweep them in four, and I was like, after game three, I said, boy, Shaq really knows this stuff. And now I'm saying, ha ha, Shaq. <laughs> mm. Don't never give up on the Canadians. Yeah. Eh? A. <laughs> well, I'm excited for Monday because Monday starts NHL playoffs. So ah, that's... go Leafs, go. go caps. Just, yeah. Yeah. Go you caps. guys, you guys took care of us the other night, but that's all right. Yeah. But now, now we're waiting on a Vetchka. Now it's day to day. We don't know what's going oh. on. Hey, and uh, Austin Matthews, 60 goals. Yes. Congratulations. Awesome. Congratulations. All right. Enough puck talk. Let's get into (laughs) AEW Dynamite coming to you live from Philadelphia on the uh, Temple University. Uh, And we kick it off with CM Punk's music Mm -hmm. uh, blasting over the PA and uh, fans really happy to see CM Punk. But he doesn't want to pander to them. He wants to get right to the commentary desk because he doesn't want to waste any time. He doesn't want to cut any time from what he's anticipating, like many, to be an awesome uh, meeting of a tag team. And for the Mm -hmm. first time ever, Dax Harwood, going up against his tag team partner, Cash Wheeler. Interesting uh, entrance here. They, they come out to their same music. They come mm-hmm. out simultaneously, one from one tunnel, one from another. Um, so unique presentation just right there, as we see. This, is, of course, mm-hmm. is an Owen Hart qualifying match. Both men wearing matching tights, uh, Hart Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, circa 97 yes. uh, tights with their names. Um, so uh, And then if you're really watching with a close eyes, I know Jimmy is. Mm-hmm. This is just uh, just just paying respect to Owen and Brett, paying respect to Brett uh, and Mr. Perfect. Uh, just a lot of sequences. You know, we're talking, you know, stiff European uppercuts, top rope suplexes, uh, diving headbutts, uh, small package, uh, you know, yeah. struggle with the weight, which ends up being the finish. Ultimately, Dax Harwood is going to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is quite the opener. Uh, between these two guys and the stories to cap it off, as I told you, Jimmy, the story as CM Punk is, is also. Uh, eloquently talking about is that these two guys they have respect for each other they're not going to see a lot of you know we're not going to see pulling of tights and eye gouging mm-hmm. um they're, they're, they're just going to try to one up and best each other but there's at times they slip into that territory because the competition mm-hmm. does get the best of them they do get a little heated uh your takeaways for how they open up dynamite with this match no i thought it was a great match uh it hit me right in my wheelhouse because I, I i love great wrestling like that um i know people are going to jump on me for saying this. So the only issue I had with the match is I didn't know who I wanted to, to win. I didn't know who to cheer for. And usually when you have a match and, and you're trying to get your audience enthralled, not just in the, the match itself, which was very good. Don't get me wrong, please. I know people are going to jump all over me about this. The match was 
technically sound and those guys worked their butts off and did a great job. I love the homage to the, the heart foundation with the, with the tights and all that sort of stuff. I love the match itself. I love the execution of the moves and everything that they did. It's just that again, uh, for the laps fan who might be tuning in possibly for the first time and checking it out and them being more of a, not a hardcore fan like like you and I I would consider us hardcore fans uh not understanding that there is really no heel and no babyface in this mm-hmm. because technically speaking the money is in having people cheer for a babyface and boo the heel and want to see the heel lose uh that being said again it was a little different and if it was the only time that we see in the program where we get um for lack of a better term uh non heel baby face mm-hmm. matches i would be fine with it but unfortunately it happens a little too often at aew you don't know who you want to cheer for and who you want to boo but again this match was great it was uh they they just they did they knocked it out of the park and i like the fact that they still remained friends afterwards it wasn't the can they coexist afterwards sure well and i and i'm with you i, I i'm with you too in the sense of like you know, you know, wrestling's mostly built on you want to have somebody to boo, you want to have somebody that's going to get heat. Um, but I think, given this case, I think you know it is a little self indulgent. These two guys get to go against each other and kind of, again, put on a, you know, a, a greatest hits uh, of some mm-hmm. heart moves and sequences. But I, I think the fact that it is a qualifier match for a tournament, <clears throat> you know, I can justify that as everybody wants to get into a mm-hmm. tournament, even if you're right. in a tag team. Hey, well, you're my tag team partner. We're holding tag team gold, but I'd really like to get into that tournament too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that that that's kind of how I justify it and and, and got through it. Um, very entertaining match. Uh, mm-hmm. So Dax Harwood, so he's going to have a little bit more singles work to go. Yes. Uh, at least one more match mm-hmm. as he is qualified for this tournament. Uh, Jimmy, do you think, I mean, they fired Tully Blanchard kind of just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they're making no secret of uh, their love. They never made it a secret. They never had to be a secret of their love and respect for the Hart family and, and Bret Hart, especially. Uh, does Bret Hart show up as their like next manager? Is that where we're going here? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what rumors you, I, I don't like buying into rumors online about so-and-so and so-and-so and, and stuff that you can't confirm. But uh, if he were to show up as their manager, it would be absolutely huge or, or not just manager. Uh, I, I hate using the term manager, especially with someone like a Brett as an advisor, as a yeah. coach, as uh, more mentor, so. mentor. Yes. Oh, I love that word. Mentor. mentor. That's see, that would be extremely awesome. And, and I, I would I like to see it happen, especially for those two guys, because they're two guys who would absolutely not only benefit from it, but appreciate it beyond belief. That would be the coolest thing ever, but I don't know if it will. Well, and I think it's just them firing them firing Tully, unless, unless the firing of Tully, which obviously now at this point has happened, you know, like it, time runs through, mm-hmm. I don't know, weeks or months ago, but mm-hmm. um, I think just the fact that it kind of came out of nowhere, and it's like, okay, well, maybe they fired Tully, maybe Tully doesn't want to be on the road every week, maybe... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they thought, okay, maybe AEW thought it'd be weird to have a horseman as their manager while these guys are paying so much, you know, tribute to the, you know, the heart. I don't know. Um, but it just, especially the firing of a manager. And then, you know, you see an AEW just become known for the mentorship of vets, mm-hmm. William Regal, Jake, the snake Roberts, you know, like, yeah. so Aaron Anderson. So I don't know, but I, I was curious as a, again, a fellow Canadian and a guy who refed many Bret Hart matches, uh, if he had any feeling that Brett might be, Nah, uh, I, I I don't know if he wants to be tied down like that again. It, it, again, the rumor is that he has signed a contract with somebody else. I don't know how true that is, but uh, you know, it, 
right now he's the only one who knows for sure. But uh, it, the days of the the for, what is it? The Forbidden Doors. Forbidden Door. Yeah, uh, I don't think that Forbidden Door will be open just yet, at least. Anyway. Okay. Uh, by the way, if you are sending in super chats, we have seen them. Uh, we are we 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 have them saved. We will get to them. We're just waiting to get to them until. Uh, the timing and the topic comes up that you are super chatting about. So mm-hmm. did not forget you. Don't worry. All right. So right after that, Punk, uh, who again is out there on commentary, he stands up because they announce officially, it is official at double or nothing in Vegas at the end of May. It is going to be AEW world champion, mm-hmm. Hangman Adam Page, and he is going to defend that title against CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Crowd goes nuts for the graphic of the announcement. Punk gets on the mic and basically just says, this is the best locker room I've been in. Uh, you know, it's you people that brought, got me back here after seven years of being gone and I'm not a gambling man, but I'm gambling on myself. I'm betting mm-hmm. on myself, uh, CM Punk calling a shot that he is going to win that AEW world title. I, I mean, Jimmy, I, it kind of feels like, and I know it's, it hasn't really, it hasn't been that long of a run for Adam page, but, um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like all things are kind of pointing all momentum is pointing towards CM Punk here. Yeah, well, I mentioned earlier about the laps fan and the fan that you want to bring back into it and, and AEW needing to grow their audience. Not that they're not drawing good numbers. They're doing decent number-wise, but they need to do better. And if you want to grow, maybe it's right time for put, you know, putting the... Let, let's, let's, let's say it this way, putting the strap on, on, on CM Punk because CM Punk is someone that fans recognize. He's a name value. He could have the same effect like Jericho. Jericho was the one who helped put AEW on the map when he was champ. Now, you know, nothing against, uh, Ad, uh, you know, uh, Adam, but, uh, it, you know, he just, I don't know, for some reason, it's just not clicking, in my opinion. There's something there's something missing in that equation. And I think CM Punk is a guy who could possibly, like I said, grow that audience, bring back that laps fan, and have people at least want to tune in and see what's going on. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> Paige's chase was great. The, the fever pitch that the audience got mm-hmm. in wanting him to finally get his hands on Omega and, and, and then ch- the chase was really well done. Interestingly enough, I don't know if these two things are related, but, you know, Hangman Page's chase, the height of his chase was the end of last summer going into the fall, which right in the middle of that, what happened? CM mm-hmm. Punk came back, mm-hmm. you know, after seven years of being gone when things, when people thought he'd never be back in wrestling again. Overshadowed. And then, you know, over, and then, well, and then three weeks later, on the same night, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. Yeah. So, so, you know, so I, 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 I mean, I don't know if they're related, but it, it, you know, it's, you look now, you've had six, seven months to, to let it all play out and, and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Punk's call, been calling a shot. I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, it, it, it further puts the company to the map further adds just credibility to the world title. Cause again, now mm-hmm. in this opening two or three years of the company, one more, Hall of Fame credible name you can add that held your world title, not just held it, but you know, holds it and defends it. Um, that you could add to the list, and then you know, when the time is right, who's the next person who you can uh, make who dethrones a CM Punk? So, a lot of booking, exacto mundo. That's the thing. You can, you as long as you take the time and tell that story for that next champion to be the guy after CM Punk, um, you know, and you got to look at it, you look down the heel side of uh, everything, and hey, there's one name that stands out in my opinion, and we'll talk about him a little later too. All right, so CM Punk versus uh, Hangman on Page is official for Double or Nothing, so we'll get more build to that in the next month. Uh, next, we get the Blackpool Combat Club, the BCC, <laughs> Brian mm-hmm. Danielson, John Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, of course, getting a huge hometown pop in Philly. Mm-hmm. Up against QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo. Um, you know, this, again, more showcasing here, Jimmy, 
mm-hmm. of this Blackpool uh, Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Ultimate it's going to be Wheeler Yuta with some vicious elbows, clubbering elbows, that he's then going to transition into a pin mm-hmm. on uh, the biggest of the three opponents and Nick Camarado. Mm-hmm. So um, huge moment here for the hometown boy. No, absolutely a huge moment. The only thing is during the match, I thought maybe a little bit uh, too much selling by the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, and maybe the other guys a little bit more, a little too much offense. Yeah, I, you know that's one. I, that's that's one that I've. I think that's company wide, and I think and 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 I think it's. Which I mean, I guess it's good. There's a lack of selfishness. Everybody wants like you don't even the matches that should be more of a squash. Mm-hmm. The star lets the other guy get more shining than tradition would would say you should have. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful not to be egotistical and, and and to be wanting to try to help get the other guy a few but i but i, I agree i think there's times where it's like well mm-hmm. you know but we can we, it, we, we can go around and around until the sun comes up on that one no no and you mentioned that it's a it is a a, a company-wide problem it, it did happen again later on as well in my opinion but uh yeah. you know again it's 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 a little critiques and and i don't want people to think that i don't enjoy what i'm watching i do enjoy it but at the same time if you're trying to tell a story uh you know, I hate to say there's a right and wrong way because it, it, there's only what works. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like you said, you, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and just say, hey, you know what? Tonight, you're not getting so much offensive. Right. Um, Wheeler Yuta. How do you think Wheeler Yuta's fitting in this? Because this is this is a huge deal to be the third mm-hmm. guy. I mean, you know, you have Moxley and, and Brian Dennison, you know, with the endorsement and mentorship of, 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 of William Regal. You know, they could have picked anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody would have been clamoring at the oper- the booking opportunity to be pieced in this uh, no pun intended elite uh, mm-hmm. group. What do you think oh, of Wheeler you to be in the guy? Um so far okay. I I want to see a little bit more. Uh I want to see him grow a little bit more into that role. And and what I do like about it is he doesn't come in and he's not uh let's put it this way. He comes into the group, he's not on the other two guys level yet. Mm-hmm. He's working his way. He has to work his way up to that level. And I like that story if they tell that story that hey you're part of this club. There's uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. You need to elevate your game so you can be on equal status with the with, with the rest of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if they tell that story, cool. If but uh, he's not there yet. Not there, but he did get it. Uh, you know, he got the pinfall tonight for them. So yeah. that's something. Uh, if you're keeping score at home, mm-hmm. keep track of. <laughs> uh, we do get a backstage promo. We got Britt Baker, Jamie Hader, and Tony Storm, and then Tony Storm has Ruby Soho come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just a lot of trash talking between these ladies. Yeah. Um, so nothing, nothing too much here. Just again, getting, getting, getting them a little bit of screen time and just reminding them who's who. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that, that's fine because you know, the women need their airtime too, and they want to air their grievances, but at least we got to see a little bit of personality from, from Ruby and stuff like that. Uh, didn't get to hear much from Tony storm though. No, not yeah. much, yeah. <clears throat> not much. Um, yeah. You know, I mean the ladies, it, it uh, I, I'll say, the, you look at them like, all right, well, this, you know, do they need to do this? But I'll, I'll give them credit. In a two-hour show, they get a lot in. If you actually sit down and like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you take, I don't know how you prep and take notes for this. Obviously, I have to like, you know, remember who's when, what the finish was, whatever. I'm writing down mm-hmm. a lot of things. When mm-hmm. I actually go by and I actually start to like itemize things, and I realize mm-hmm. like, holy hell, in a two hours, they get a lot in. To their credit, they get they get a lot of yeah, yeah. All right, look, oh my god, you're mm-hmm. you're. I, I'm at least skipping some spaces here. You're single space everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I could try and get it on one page. That's all. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I do I'm, my best. No, no, I'm, I got the, I'm, I got, I'm splitting through the, the, the pages all the time here. I, I have to space yeah. it out. I have like little symbols that like remind, like this symbol, you know, I have a symbol that's like, okay, that was the finish. Uh, yeah. Like different things, like just different little codes so I can decipher mm -hmm. so I don't have to sit here gotcha. longhand, long, mm -hmm. long, read it all out. That's yeah. <laughs> how the sausage is made, people. Exactly. <laughs> all right, we're going to peek behind the curtain. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. All right. We hit another uh, backstage. Dark side of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <sighs> Let's not get too dark here. Yeah. Uh, we get Christian and Jurassic Express. They're backstage. And uh, yeah, we're still, we're seeing a little, little, little tension, a little, little bit between Christian uh, and, uh, and Jungle Boy and, and, and Jurassic uh, and, and Lutrix Taurus. Uh, but they, they say that everything's fine. And uh, Christian says that they're going to call out any team in the top five. And the quickly mm -hmm. to answer that is Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. So uh, mm -hmm. Christian, again, I, I left him out earlier. I said William Regal. I said Jake the Snake mm -hmm. Roberts. I said Art Anderson. Of course, talk about Charlie Brancher. Christian, another vet there in that mentorship role. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and a very underutilized talent, I think, in my opinion, there in AEW. There's a guy who you could plug in pretty much anywhere from top to bottom of the card. And, and, and I don't know if it's the right fit for him to be in that mentorship there, the air quotes, the mentorship role for, for uh, Luchasaurus and, uh, and uh, jungle boy, but uh, the tag champs, but uh, you, again, Christian is so good. You can plug him in anywhere and he can make it work. Yeah. Oh, he's entertaining as hell. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. I, 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 I've long said that, uh, you know, you look at Luchasaurus, look at jungle boy, it's been fine, and they've had their, their own sense of chemistry as well, and they got the theme song, which is real mm -hmm. over, but um, I look at them, and I just see potential money in each of them as individual single stars, mm -hmm. you right. know, uh, if, if the cards are, are, are played right. So that, that might be where we go. We'll see how where mm -hmm. that come, takes place here. Right. All right, this one's, uh, this one's a big one. Looking forward to this one. Lance Archer, uh, he is the next mercenary uh, of MJFs up against Wardlow. Wardlow, once again, out to no music, uh, handcuffed mm -hmm. security, flanking mm -hmm. him. MJF and Sean Spears up in the skybox, mm -hmm. of course, orchestrating this whole thing. They've also made sure that Wardlow has no music, so he's coming out simply to the uh, the uh, passionate tones of the Philadelphia crowd mm -hmm. chanting his name. Mm -hmm. I got to say, last week, Jimmy, I did not love the no music for Wardlow thing, the whole let's like strip him of everything you know, MJF's mm -hmm. trying to do. I thought that like at least mm -hmm. let him have the music and let let there still be that energy, especially here in Pittsburgh for, for right. where he has he has connection. Let them let the people react to that pop. I was a little better with it this week because I think maybe people catching on a little bit more. I, the, the Wardlow chants were louder. Um, they, they were trying to act as a soundtrack uh, to replace the music. So mm -hmm. I warmed up to that aspect. I don't know how you felt about that, but um, I don't know. I, I'm warming I, up to it. Again, it's one of those things that's going to take some time. And uh, like you said, the, the crowd reaction was a little better this week. Maybe by, by next week, uh, things will uh, be elevated. And because of their taking away his entrance music and making it uh, the, toning it down, so to speak, maybe the uh, the elevated uh, crowd noise level will will increase next week. And uh, if you guys are listening to us and you're going to be there next week, uh, let them hear it, man. I, I think it could. It, it, I like the idea of you know having him handcuffed. It's going to end up biting him in the, in the butt sooner or later down the road. But at the same time, it, it, it's a different presentation. It's something I find very interesting, and 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 something I I. I want to see what happens when they take the cuffs off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, so far it's working. And uh, like I said, give it some time for, for that. Because everybody's got entrance music except for him. He's the mm -hmm. one guy now. So he stands out in that respect. 
<clears throat> so he's up against Lance Archer, another guy who's bigger than him. Mm-hmm. You know, Warlow's dubbed as a oh yeah, and his muscular is all hell. He's a, but he, but he's not the biggest of the, in terms of height or anything like that. Uh, and then you know what he can do in the ring. He doesn't necessarily he does not necessarily wrestle like a big. You know, he did a Swanton mm-hmm. bomb. You know, mm-hmm. he did a Hurricane Run. Yeah. Um, they put him up against Lance Archer, who is who's notably bigger. Um, and then this match again, maybe and, and probably because of the opponent choice here, mm-hmm. more competitive than I wanted. Warlow still gets the victory, does hit four power bombs for the Power Bomb Symphony. Um, again, d- didn't love there there's being more of a, more of a competitive match. I also, but I also didn't love the fact that it was Lance Archer that's having to lose this. Lance Archer's a guy who mm-hmm. I look at, him, I think he's money. He's got Jake by his side. Jake is still Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk about something that's just not clicking. You know, Lance's music hits. I feel like he's out. I think I feel like he's walking too fast. He's in the ring too. Like he's not letting anything soak in. I just, I, I, I that's one I want to have a reset hit on for his benefit because I feel like there's a lot of potential in a Lance Archer. I just did not love him being in the spot in general. The right move, mm-hmm. obviously, is for Warlord to win. Warlord's going to continue to win until he gets his hands right. on MJF. Just didn't love, and I and I get what they're going for, and we'll get to the, the next week's opponent here in a second. Mm-hmm. They they want Warlord to slay every big dragon. Right. I get that that's a story, but I, again, I'm not sure if I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of on the fence with it uh, as well. And like you said, it needed to be an opponent where the opponent again, that was facing Wardlow wasn't getting as much offense in. And like you said, you know, with someone like Alliance Archer who needs to get that offense in as well because of his size and, and his presentation, he needed, you know, I didn't have as much of a problem with it in this match that I did in the earlier match in the, in the, in the, in the three-way, in the triple threat, uh, no, the uh, six-man tag. Six so to speak. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, Wardlow needs to come out looking like an absolute world beater right now. Hmm. And, you know, eventually down the road, who knows, maybe, you know, uh, you can pick a time frame, whatever it is, a month, two months down the road, then you can build to a Lance Archer versus a, a Wardlow match and have it mean something as opposed to just, Hey, we're going to put this match on this week. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It's just, we're going to have this match this week. Yeah. Um, and so we catch up, I'll jump ahead a little bit, just to stick with the same mm-hmm. stories here. They catch up mm-hmm. with MJF a little bit later. Uh, he is cool, calm and collective because he has a plan. Once again, he's got, he's got money. He's got money to burn uh, to pay someone six figures. And he hops on the phone, refers to somebody as big man. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make six figures next week? Okay. Wardlow, I got somebody, once again, who's bigger than you, he's smarter than you, and you can't teach that. Oh. Uh, teasing uh, a certain big Kaz mm-hmm. uh, would, be, would be one who we logically draw from that. Um, right. I mean, that's. Ex- I mean, I, I'm a huge, d- d- despite the last time I saw the guy, I ended up on the wrong side of a choke slam from him. But <laughs> that being said, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of watching the guy. Right. Um, so the thought of him being back on, you know, being on 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 AEW TV, being on anybody's TV is great. I love mm-hmm. seeing him when he's on Impact. Um, but once again, they're going the route of somebody bigger for Wardlow. Right. Again, yeah, but and also there's no. Uh, I I get what the story is. He's trying to find someone to take Wardlow out for him before he ends up having to be in the ring with him. MJF, I'm talking about, of course. But uh, bringing in someone like a big cast. And he's, is it just going to be a one-time thing? You know, know. see, again, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to try and be that guy. And I don't want to be that guy who says, look, too soon for something like this. But at the same time, I'm going to give it a wait and see, see what happens next week. Maybe this builds into a little mini storyline until they finally get to the Kaz and MJF uh, 
<clears throat> what I'd also love eventually one of these times for there to be a swerve. MJF just keeps thinking he can dial in the phone and mm-hmm. write a check. And one of these times that person uh, outsmarts him or takes the money yeah. and runs. And, and, and you know, and, and just fantasy booking here. If a big cast or somebody like that is, you know, coming to AEW for a more regular role, and especially a guy like that who can be very babyface with the crowd. And if you want to babyface him, what a babyface move if he just, you know, gets in there, looks like he's getting ready to do the, do the deed for MJF, and then he just goes what on. Steps, oh. lays down, steps aside, whatever, right. collects yeah. his money, mm-hmm. babyface pop. Right. And now there's no big man standing in between Wardlow and MJF. Oh. Just just fantasy booking, but right. Um, I, I'm mm-hmm. waiting for a swerve like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jakey Bakey uh, sent in 99 cents and then followed up with uh, Love Cordaris. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jakey Bakey. <laughs> uh, going to some other super chats here. <clears throat> Sean Wiley says, What's up, J- Jimmy and Justin? Uh, Jimmy, who is your top three heel refs of all time? Number two, say they say Big Cass is going to face Wardlow, and a Swerve is turning heel. Uh, Jimmy, mm. who are your top three heel refs of all time? Oh, you got Danny Davis, of course. Uh, you got to be in there, you know. And and believe it or not, you got to look at Nick Patrick as Hell well. Yeah. Nick Patrick's in the conversation as well. And if I got to pick a number three, I'm going to go outside wrestling and pick. Um, you might get this one, Justin. Some might not get it out there. Carrie Frazier, NHL referee. NHL referee. Yeah, referee. for not calling the high stick on Wayne Gretzky when he high stick Doug Gilmore in that playoff <laughs> game in Los Angeles. But anyway. Uh, when you said go outside of wrestling, I was waiting for like Mills Lane and boxing or uh, the NBA oh. ref that got found out that he was like doing games yeah. for the mob. Or, I was <laughs> What route you're gonna go? No, no, I gotta, I, I gotta sneak my leaps in there somehow. Yeah, but Nick Patrick, absolutely. I mean, oh my goodness, yeah. If you are, if you are a younger fan, if if you were not watching, um, in the '96, '97 period, if you were not watching WCW, I don't know what the best way. If it's going back through Peacock, I think they have a lot of nitros there. Figure out the best way that you can go back and watch some of the week to week programming that's happening with the NWO. And basically, Nick Patrick was a WCW referee who all of a sudden was just acting very peculiar. Yeah, and things were you know, and it was just, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything, and, and, right. and the way it developed, and that was some great television. That that at yeah. ninety six, ninety seven, that was an out of out. Of, we had seen heel refs before, obviously. You named mm-hmm. Danny Davis, you know the Hebner twins, but <laughs> that was still the way they were doing it. And with as real as this invasion felt already with the NWO, it was like mm-hmm. they got the referees too. And now I know, and 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 I remember. The, the the night of the big uh, swerve with the Hebner twins, it mm-hmm. was it was amazing because we didn't know about it. They didn't tell any of us about it. They worked but you other, too, uh, uh, us referees. So when Earl went to the ring instead of David, you know it's funny because everybody looked at him. David looks thinner. What's going on here? You know, what I mean, like kind of thing. And then I went back to get a coffee near the, where the monitor. They had this little station set up where you can get coffee and drinks and stuff like that. So I'm getting a coffee and I see in the shadows watching the monitor back there. I see David in his ref gear. And I look back like this and I go, and I look at him. And I go, and he goes, I went, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about wow, the they worked, deal. They worked yeah, they, you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I got to give a shout out to Little Nature, of course. Little Nature. Yeah. And who's still every Charlotte Flair match? He's the ref. Yeah, there you go. Woo. Not, not an accident. No. Uh, Hojo to go. Valinsky is Cass and Devin Nicholson for you to work. 
Isn't it all a work, brother? I don't know. It, it's all a work, brother. There, well, there's people out there who still think the Montreal screw job was a big work. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Joe Dombrowski did an entire film investigating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh boy. All right. So uh, yeah, exciting stuff there. Wardlow against. You know, I kind of like this. They're leaving. They're leaving the silhouette. They're still leaving it a silhouette on the graphic, but mm-hmm. obviously giving you a hint. Um, watch. He's saying it's a guy bigger than you. Whatever. Watch it end up being Enzo. <laughs> 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 who comes up to like Warlow's chest? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so we keep going with that. We get the Jericho uh, Appreciation Society. Uh, they do a sit down, kicks in Santana and Ortiz. They come out, all parties staring at Beyond again, pointing out again a five on three number mm-hmm. situation here. I'm still waiting for Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz to find two more people to even the odds here. Mm-hmm. This one gets pretty, uh, this one, this one gets pretty graphic. It's pretty uh, heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the war of words going back and forth, particularly now with Kingston and Jericho. Um, you know, Jericho uses the term, you know, I'm going to put a hit out on you, hit out on you. I'm, you know, I'm going to, we're going to eliminate you from AEW. Yeah. Kingston firing back it in real serious, uh, uh, even using some hand gestures to help illustrate yeah. and drive the point of yeah. in my world, it hit me in something different. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to go there, there's no turning back from, from right. that kind of a place and, and got real heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends with, you know, Kingston with Jericho backed down and, and looking, you know, f- you know, f- in fear of his life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of okay, better watch your back. And then again, a jump head later, we see the JAS has a uh, has attacked Kingston Santana Ortiz mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the parking lot, and they've right. grabbed Eddie Kingston and they throw a fireball, fireball. Mm-hmm. into Kingston's face. So, right. uh, kind of selling this that this has gone beyond the ring. This has gone to the streets this is this is beyond the rules of engagement in pro wrestling mm-hmm. um jimmy what did you take away what'd you like what'd you not like out of this i i like the uh, the heated interaction between both both parties but at the same time like you said uh, there's that fine line that you got to be careful especially in today's uh, television world and yes i understand that uh, aew uh, I, for lack of a better term caters to a more uh an older audience uh you know whereas you know the WWE, for example, caters more. Uh, they a lot of ch- a lot of children tune into WWE as well. So using that kind of language in WWE would not would never fly. Now, used here uh, again, that's debatable. But at the same time, if you're trying to grow your audience and you want kids tuning in, maybe you got to be careful how you approach that, and and the 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 wording that you use. Uh, you know, like a hit and stuff like that. I mean. You know, I don't know. It's for me, again, as someone our age or or even older than you, my age, (laughs) you know, obviously, you know, it's not as big a deal as it would be for someone younger. Yeah. So, so again, as someone watching from a corporate standpoint, someone watching from the network, and if I hear that, does that bother me? Those are, those are little things that you have to sometimes think about. Uh, well, you know, Corey Pride, Super Chat, he kind of brings up something similar here, uh, asking, did Kingston go too far with the murder innuendo not good with new network execs watching? Makes a good case for scripted promos. Well, well Corey, it's interesting. You, you know, mm-hmm. there is the merge now with Warner um, as a discovery, discovery? Yeah. I believe. So you're right. There are potentially new eyes or, or different eyes in power who might be looking at their assets and what's in their valuable TV time from 8 to 10 um, on a Wednesday night. So that's interesting. That being said, <clears throat> we don't know. Maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is. I don't know if Tony Khan clears things or has to clear right. things. Um, 
Corey says makes a good case for scripted promos. Again, we don't know. This might have been something that, you know, maybe not pitched by Tony, but maybe it was pitched to Tony, mm-hmm. and he was okay with it. He said, "Yeah, right. well, we we can do that. We're not we're not we're not we're towing a line, but we're not going past the line." So right, and knows? and you don't have to necessarily script the promos. It, it just be careful in your wording and how you present it. That's all. Sometimes, and like you said, some some network execs might have tuned in tonight and saw that and went, "Whoa." That, that, that's a line I think they crossed. You know what I mean? So uh, you got to be careful. That said, I am very intrigued to see Eddie Kingston get his hands on Christian to see the yeah. retaliation. Exactly. Um, and I will say that, it, you know, the language of hit and stuff like that, if, if, you, if you're going to get into that territory, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston's presentation and character is the most appropriate and believable that I believed him firing back at Jericho like, Mm-hmm. Don't use those words with me. You don't know what they mean. Yeah. That we're now we're stepping beyond mm-hmm. wrestling promo. Right. I believe in Eddie Kingston when he more so than I would believe most anybody else. So, right, you know, to their credit, I'm I'm intrigued at this point now to see what the return is. Yeah, and and the little things that Jericho does, like he he you know he gives us again that peek behind the curtain with the you know the shoot lines about him not being uh, welcomed uh, at very many places. Let's put it that way. Yes. All right. They're uh, in Philadelphia. So you got to have a Philly street fight. You got to have kendo sticks. You got to have some hardcore. We get Serena deep up against Hikaru Shida. Obviously, these two ladies got some history here. Mm-hmm. This is a hard hitting kendo sticks all over the place here. Uh, ultimately, though, deep is going to get Shida to tap to the Texas Cloverleaf. Uh, and they do also show Thunder Rosa, the current champion, mm-hmm. looking on backstage. Real quick, cheap plug Thunder Rosa is going to be here in the Pittsburgh area this Saturday. Ross Draver Ice Guard. We got a huge show here. Uh, our, our IWC Wrestling merging with Northeast Wrestling for this big joint show with Thunder Rosa, the Hardy Boys, Eric Redbeard, Fandango, Matt Taven, yours truly. Going to be a hell of a show. Ross Draver Ice Garden this Saturday. Uh, still get some tickets, uh, the last few tickets that are remaining. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Google it. Um, back to the schedule program. Jimmy, <laughs> uh, really good women's match here. I, I, yeah. These two came out. I wasn't sure. I, you know, I was kind of taking some notes. I was kind of. I was I was putzing around as they'd say, but then after a few few loud cracks that I heard, and then I hear mm-hmm. the, the pop, they got my attention. I was glued at the, from that point on. No, absolutely. These women worked their butts off. They worked hard. They hit hard. Let's put it that way. And they got what they what what, what you wanted. They got the audience interested. They didn't sound like they were there at first, but they started coming along, and you could tell that they were getting into it. And and and. I hats off to these ladies. They, 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 they put on one hell of a performance. And, and the one thing that they did was it's, it's a Philly street fight. So all this stuff is supposed to hurt and you're supposed to sell. And guess what? They sold. Even the ones that were working on offense, you know, because they were hitting moves that they landed hard as well. And they were selling, they did it. I hate to say that the right way, but they did it in a way that was believable. Let's put it that way. Make it matter. Yep. If you're going to go out there, make it matter. Exactly. You know, make it matter. Don't be a robot. Mm-hmm. Don't keep, don't keep just moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this. This actually kind of one of the, one of the surprises of the night. Cause again, I'll be honest when I saw it on paper. I know the history here. I've, I've, you know, I know this is the history mm-hmm. they have D Rashida, but I, I just, to me, I thought, okay, this might be a match where I'm up, you know, doing, you know, whatever. But right. they got me, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I was, and you're right, the, the crowd, everybody caught a call on here. So right. uh, Serena Deeb, another win, and they, they kind of hint towards she might be an upcoming challenger for mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa. Cool. All right, uh, House of Black, they uh, make their way out to the ramp. We see 
Fuego del Sol just laying there, lifeless mm-hmm. under the spotlight. But just as House of Black makes their appearance to to show off their their their, their trophy of attack, all mm-hmm. of a sudden we start hearing. Uh, we see a figure masked and robed in the ring. We think it's Alex uh, mm-hmm. running his promo. <clears throat> all of a sudden we see Penta come out to the ramp. We see Pack come out to the ramp. Mm-hmm. House of Black gets in the ring. They think they're all ready, only to find out that the masked and uh, robed individual that they're in the ring with is a returning Ray Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and House of Black uh, gets bested here uh, mm-hmm. by the Death Triangle. Uh, Ray Phoenix looking good back from uh, injury. He's got a shovel, mind you, that he's mm-hmm. swinging mm-hmm. wildly. That's a yeah. for- formidable weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, a real quick. I'm a big fan of Penta. I, I, I always get excited to see this guy on the mm-hmm. screen. I like his presentation. I like Penta. I like the. Mm-hmm. Saw him in person for the first time in Lucha Underground years ago um, mm-hmm. in L.A. Sold me there. Uh, I thought this was a neat little segment. I didn't know what we we're getting. They promoted all night. We we're going to hear from the House mm-hmm. of Black. Right. I thought we we're going to get another <laughs> Smoke and Mirrors mm-hmm. video promo. Um, this was kind of a nice little surprise. It, it, it did way mm-hmm. more business than I expected to be accomplished here. And that's the key word. It did a little more business because it got you interested. It told a story and what makes you want to see more. And I do want to see more of uh, House of Black versus Penta and Pac, and it's it's it 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 worked. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Everything they did worked, and you talk about stuff meaning something. Everything they did meant something, and you know, moving forward, we'll see where it goes. But uh, so far, they got me interested. I like the House of Black as well. I like the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say though, and, and I know there's Rampage and there's there's the other shows that are not Dynamite, but I do feel like. And it's tough because it's only two hours and we have so many acts that's going. I feel like House of Black has lost some. There hasn't been there was a time there where I felt like Black was on Malachi Black was on every week. He mm-hmm. was just a he was on the rise every week. And he's acquired, you know, Brody and, and Buddy. Uh, but I and the and the, the vignettes are cool that they show, even if they just work in a 30-second vignette. But I do mm-hmm. think there needs to be kind of a return to return to priority with them a little bit. Cause I think mm-hmm. that they could be one of the most dangerous. Right. Uh, you know, in, in a company full of uh, alliances, they right. could be arguably the one of the most dangerous and most believable. And then again, with the kind of supernatural element to them, you know, it just gives you even mm-hmm. more creative range for what exactly. you're for what they're allowed to do in their in their universe. Exactly, exactly. And I know some people are in, aren't into the like you said the 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 mysterious magical yeah raj hates magic he hates yeah. me. he will tell you right now if he hopping right now he hates the magic i know i i i was kind of referring to raj a little bit <laughs> but anyways say his name, but he's raj. not it, it, it's not just him there's others uh, yeah. but again this is pro- professional wrestling slash sports entertainment uh, uh sorry folks i don't have an issue with the term sports entertainment it doesn't bother me as much because if it's entertaining in a sports presentation style what do you call it? But anyways, uh, and, and part of it is the suspension of uh, disbelief. And you, you know, do I tune into any, uh, any other program on television and go, that can't happen in real life. No, I, I as long as it's entertaining, as long as it's enthr- interesting and gets and draws me in, I'm cool with it. Yeah. <clears throat> You're a sports entertainment referee, aren't you? Yes. A sports entertainment referee. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next we get a 10-man uh, tag action as we have uh, Adam Cole, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks all needing to work, all needing to coexist, work together, get on the same page. Uh, and they go up against um, Lee Johnson, uh, the Varsity Blondes, Dante Martin, Brock Anderson, 
And, and at first, those underdogs kind of get the a better. Mm-hmm. They got to get the upper hand. They they have control of the ring as we get sent to the first commercial break. Cole and company needs Cole needs to get all of his boys on the same page, kind of mm-hmm. looking all, and you know, in different directions. But they eventually get on the same page, start working together. Ultimately, we're going to see Adam Cole. He's going to lower the boom on Lee Johnson, and they're all five are going to stand tall, and they're all going to wear their and don their undisputed uh, elite t-shirts and pose together. So it looks like for now, they might all finally be uh, rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about <clears throat> world title picture. Right. And, uh, you know, it seems like CM Punk inevitably. Uh, and then, you know, who could he make after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got ideas like MGF. You got baby faces like Wardlow, you know, with, you know mm-hmm. and there's history there with CM Punk. You can't have that conversation without also saying, well, what about Adam Cole? Mm-hmm. Just baby. command, just commands the crowd. Yeah. The music hits and the play. I mean, just commands the crowd. Probably mm-hmm. the biggest music pop next to CM Punk. Right. Hey, that would be an interesting... Uh, uh, build if CM Punk were the guy to to be their next, you know, <laughs> AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Maybe Adam Cole is the next guy for that. But uh, unfortunately, they already had that match with him and Paige. And maybe they should have held off on that one first. But uh, anyways, uh, there's a. I, I'm a big fan of Adam Cole. So I think he he's got, you know, and he and he does things history and he fun. does things the right way. Yes. Yeah. He does. Absolutely. He hand, he handles himself the right way. Yeah, because if you notice all the stuff that was going on in typical uh, tag matches there were, that involved the Young Bucks, there was a lot of uh, uh, multiple people in the ring at once mm-hmm. uh, performing a lot of moves. and Which is uh, illegal. Yeah, yeah. and But there was a time there where there were four guys in the ring and Adam Cole was the only guy not in the ring. It's almost like he, it's like he wanted to be that one guy that wasn't in the ring, you know what yeah. I mean? Taking And even when you went into, going into the finish, when you looked at it, it was four guys in the ring setting them up for that, uh, the knees. Mm-hmm. The, the, the faces were out on the apron before they got knocked off the apron. They weren't even trying to get in. You know, it's just, yeah. sometimes I, I get it. You're trying to get a lot in, but at the same time, when the heels are doing moves that are too baby faces in, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> well, I think that, you know, that probably dives into a deeper thing i think i saw yeah. um it was dustin rhodes who did uh, an interview somewhere and he kind of outlined how much fun he's having mm-hmm. how he's working with the women in AEW, but how the difference between how he's coaching in AEW, whereas in WWE they called it well once upon a time they called it an agent now they now they call it producers mm-hmm. uh and he noticed and he noted how <clears throat> in WWE how much more hands-on and strict the producing is of what you can and cannot do mm-hmm. Whereas in AEW, it's a little bit more, you know, coaching in general direction, but letting the guys and girls, you know, mm-hmm. call the plays, so to speak. And, 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 and there's some, there's a case to be made. There's pros and cons. There's a case to be made of not micromanaging and just letting talent be talent and be creative mm-hmm. and, and coming up with things and not being so redundant. But there's also that yeah. con of, well, where's the quality control? Exactly. Yeah, trying to do too much again. And, and and that's that's the only issue I had, not with just with this match, but the one we're going to talk about very soon. Uh, to trying to get too much in, they didn't need to do that much, yeah. in my opinion, anyway. Uh, but Undisputed Elite <clears throat> standing tall, so we'll see yeah. uh, where they go. Five very powerful guys here uh, being led by Adam Cole. All right, main event time. It is uh, the TNT title ladder match. Champion mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara up against Scorpio Sky, of course, who's got Dan Lambert. By his side, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti give a big old tongue kiss uh, mm-hmm. to make their entrance complete. Mm-hmm. 
crowd is just, I mean, Sammy has just turned into this nuclear heat <laughs> overnight. <laughs> yeah. um, Not the good kind of heat. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. And, and, and there's, there's so many levels to look at this. I mean, mm -hmm. I, to me, I, if the crowd's reacting, the crowd's reacting. Right. So I, I just think it's great, but I, I there is a, <clears throat> won't go down this wormhole, but there is an avenue of people that have gone down or where they're going too real into their personal lives and yeah. letting that become too much of, you know, when that's not the story that's being told on TV and, you know, right. where, where, where's your line in the sand here? Nonetheless, mm -hmm. Sammy and Ty getting huge heat. Yeah. Um, uh, scary high point here. Uh, Sammy does a, I don't even know what the name of it was. He, this crazy ass flip off the ladder. Pretty Twisting much spot. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much misses Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Nasty landing. Um, they end up going to break at some point here. Sammy gets back in, uh, springboards off of one ladder into uh, a TKO from Scorpio Sky. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a ladder pulled out with barbed wire on it. Again, we're in Philly. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you never needed to put some barbed wire, you know, mm -hmm. halfway up your, your ladder that you're scaling. Oh my goodness. Uh, put the, did you decorate the Christmas tree? It, it was, it was just, Audrey, yeah, give me that oh, barbed wire. I got to yeah. put it right, right above the nutcracker here. Yeah. Hey, hopefully the women don't use barbed wire in their hardcore match or there's Philly street fight. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, again, it was there, but really why it, the, the spots they were doing, it, it wasn't really that necessary, but anyways, that's just me. Spanish fly onto the barbed wire ladder. Ty mm -hmm. Conte gets in the ring, kicks Dan Lambert in the balls. Paige Van Zant comes out and starts to, uh, she works with Tay a little bit, Ty Conte mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, and then the, um, uh, the finish basically is uh, Sammy and Sky are both going for the title. Uh, Sammy gets uh, tossed off the ladder, spine first into that barbed wire ladder that is propped mm -hmm. up against the rope. So Scorpio Sky is your TNT champion. Uh, he, mm -hmm. he takes it from Sammy. Uh, I was surprised by this, Jimmy. I did not think they were going to have Sammy Guevara lose his TNT title right now. I didn't think so either. That caught me a little off guard. But at the same time, uh, we we I talked earlier about the Philly street fight where the women were selling even when they were on offense. I thought there were times in this ladder match where these they did these incredible bumps onto the ladders, onto the barbed wire stuff, and didn't give it enough time to digest. You know, the the they were back up to you know, too, too fast, too soon. Uh, there, Terry Allen Jr. saying Scorpio Sky didn't stay down long after the barbed wire spot, but neither did, neither did uh, Sammy after, after one spot where he took the bump off the ladder. Uh, is that a, do you think that's, uh, is that due to time? I mean, is it a case of we're coming up with the refs are in their ear? Hey, you got, we got, we got two left. We got, we got 90 left. Like, I mean, is that, is that causing a rush? It, it, that could be the case, but at the same time, here's here's a spot where he took that big bump off the ladder before, and then got up before he got pushed onto the barbed wire so that uh, Scorpio's guy could, could, could get the title down. So I, the big bump would have been enough off the ladder. I mean, he was right there, you know, it, They but they had to squeeze in the bump onto the, the barbed wire after that crazy bump. So sometimes, sometimes when you talk about leaving stuff out, Sometimes just leave it out. What do you make of them take, uh, taking the title off Sammy? You know, he just did yeah. this kind of, he, he did a heel turn, which I don't think Tony Khan, mm -hmm. I don't think that was in his three or six month plan. I think this is kind right. of took on a life of its own, but you can't avoid it. it just, that's just how the crowd's reacting, but you're not going to not have Sammy on TV. At least I don't think that's what they're going to do. Right. Uh, so I'm surprised to have him drop the title. I don't know if that's a, that would have been, 
Oh, wow. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Is that a, okay, now you're a heel. So now we're going to have different plans for you. And that plans don't, it doesn't make sense for you to be healed. We don't want you defending this TNT title. Or mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just very shocked by that decision. I, I'm a little bit surprised by it too, but uh, is Scorpio Sky a baby face that I didn't? Well, know? that's that's the other thing. Yeah, as, as Dan Lambert's group is not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, you know, let's say let's say that uh, Sammy Guevara does take down the title. He retains the championship. The crowd goes banana, as they say, banana, <clears throat> banana, and, but in the in a negative fashion, and they start booing. And then Sammy turns to the crowd from the top of the ladder and lets everybody have it. There you go. Yeah. Now you just you've 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 created another heel. Yeah. You know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, potentially a very big missed opportunity there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the plan is, where they go from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorpio Sky, your new champion. Uh, so that was AEW Dynamite. I want to ask you something, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think I'm going to know your opinion of it, so I'm not going to ask so much of your opinion about it. But I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you. So, and I'm, and it was, we saw it, and I'm bringing it up because it's not like it's just me watching things. Enough people mm-hmm. on social media say they see it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And matches, especially with ladders in AEW uh, and such, right. oftentimes you can catch very blatantly and bluntly mm-hmm. the referee helping anchor the ladder, right. keeping props in place so the spot can be done. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a rule or policy when you were there in WWE about like, yes, you can do this to help make sure the ladder doesn't tip when it's not supposed to. So some guy, so Jeff Hardy doesn't fall and break his neck, or we don't want the Mm. stuff to fall off the table and look disastrous. Or was that, or was that, was that on the performers? Is that like a huge no, no refs? You do not touch the props. Um, For the most part, we were staying away and out of the picture so that the, the performance and can do their thing. And it was, really their responsibility to make sure that they steadied the ladder in a spot. Obviously it's it, nothing is a hundred percent, but at the same time they would do their best to steady the ladder as best as possible before they climbed up and did whatever spot they were going to do. There was a, an odd occasion where, you know, somebody would come up and say, Hey, we're going to do this at this point. Is there a way you can come up and kind of look like you're giving us crap about mm-hmm. something or telling us to be care or whatever. And you're kind of holding the ladder at the bottom. Yeah. But uh, one of the things they didn't like us doing was reaching in and blatantly holding, anchoring the ladder, so to speak. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. I was curious because, again, people bring it up to me with AEW and and, mm-hmm. and especially you. You were involved in so many TLC mm-hmm. matches with with the Hardys, Edge Christian and Dudley's back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like you were around so many of the spots. I was kind of curious, like what the policy was at the time for, uh, for, for, for that. So, cause yeah, cause I, again, they're uh, the referees are meant to be inconspicuous where right. they're to, to uh, obviously, like I said, help the talent tell their story, but at the same time, not be a distraction. Very interesting. Very good. That's why we have them on insight that we, uh, nobody can, you can't, you can't just buy 20 years of, of WWE wrapping experience and stories, but you I, will, I, you, you will notice, uh, okay. You brought up, uh, the, you know, the, the, the one at WrestleMania 17, remember mm-hmm. the big spot where this, I was edge, there where, where Jeff is hanging from the, uh, yeah. And, and edge does a spear. swing him into the spear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if you look down at the bottom right corner of the screen, at, uh, you can just barely see me. There was a ladder that was on the right. I'm just trying to pull it as much out of the way as I can so that they didn't land on it. But mm. other than that, uh, you know, uh, uh, I do remember Edge coming to the back afterwards and just saying, "Thank you for pulling that ladder." I said, "It was you probably wouldn't have landed on it, but I didn't 
yeah, you know, <laughs> no need to take the chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no need to have a to ruin what was otherwise a, a historic, a historic match. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I spotted a lot of you in the past week or two because that was all fresh in my mind because I had saw a lot of TLC clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just watching uh, a bully on, on Stone Cold right. Steel, so they showed a lot oh, of that. So yeah, and thank you to both of them for the. They shouted nice, you out at yeah yeah nice little shout. Out. So so you're on my mind there, and then um. I don't know why I got down a wormhole the other day when I was uh I was, I was like eating lunch I think and I got mm-hmm. down a wormhole of watching Beyond the Mat again for a minute mm-hmm. and uh and when they show the famous uh dark match between uh Michael Modest and Tony Jones I think uh the, you're the ref for that match mm-hmm. uh you know I don't know there was a lot I got spotted a lot of you this past <laughs> week so and then and then it's like oh I'm gonna share the mic with you tonight I got to bring up the is it with the with the 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 frullet uh, the the fro mullet that uh, back yeah in you the had day? a little bit yeah <laughs> a little a little bit going on up there yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit going on up there yeah all right uh, that's gonna do it tonight for our AEW Dynamite post podcast mm-hmm. here on Wrestling Inc again big thanks to everybody for mm-hmm. uh, the live chat live comments watching wherever you are around the world again make sure you uh, I put this put the call to action out there again make sure you tweet. At Jimmy Corderas, at Justin Labar. Uh, let us know how you're consuming this podcast. When, where, what do you love? What do you not love? Uh, a lot of fun here. Uh, again, uh, as I said, big show here in uh, the Pittsburgh area, Ross Draper, Saturday night. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'll give you more details if you need it. Uh, the Hardy Boys in action. Eric Redbeard, formerly known as Eric Rowan, Thunder Rosa, Fandango, uh, Matt Taven. Uh, just going to be a hell of a car. And there's a meet and greet prior. So you have a chance to meet uh, and get pictures with everybody. Uh, it's going to be a real fun event uh jimmy anything else you got going on you want to plug um right now uh just pretty much sticking to my ref and rants uh, my daily ref and rants weekdays uh where you can catch me on all my social media accounts here on twitter at jimmy corderas on instagram at real jimmy corderas and even on my facebook pages and uh, where i just have fun making little critiques something that stands out that, that makes me go hmm so to speak and and uh recently i did a seminar with my good friend harry d up here in canada which was a lot of fun so uh hopefully that becomes a little thing maybe we can do some referee seminars down the road maybe who knows maybe one day we can make a trip down to pittsburgh again i and for everybody <laughs> want i mean i, I well, pro- well i did one down there with, <laughs> i was gonna uh, say I had, I had the privilege of getting to sit in on one of your seminars and it was it was it was it was a master class it was it was well, thank you so many things that i that now that i take in from your point of view of what you're doing and why you're doing it and and, and how uh how it can make a match better or worse or even me in a managerial role of how i can watch the ref and, and learn some things or help things or i mean you, you open my eyes to so much so i'll uh well, so any, anybody ever gets a chance to do a jimmy corderas referee seminar even if you're not a ref that's the key you don't have to be a ref to want to yeah. take a ref seminar because you can learn a lot of why your your best friend in the ring can be there to help uh, and facilitate things mm-hmm. so absolutely it's not just for refs it's for talent as well so how to utilize your refs properly absolutely especially absolutely. if you're a heel so the heat goes on you and not them. Not, not the ref being that stupid ref. Yeah. <sighs> They're certified referees, damn it. Don't 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 piss on their uh, certification. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's at Jimmy Corderas. I'm at Justin Labar. Big thanks to all of you. Like, subscribe, comment, do what you gotta do. And uh I'll talk to you again next week here on Wrestling Inc. Good night. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 